Hey everybody, you're listening to the second greatest running podcast in the world, Whereabouts Failure, brought to you by P2E Studios. Welcome back to Whereabouts Failure, the podcast for runners that are trying to rebrand the sport of running, or the podcast for runners that are just trying to enter the witness protection program. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is not off the coast of Connecticut. He's back in the great state of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm a little rattled. I, uh, as, as we've said, I started a new job recently, and on like my first real day of work, I showed up. And I parked in this parking space where the lines were like kind of blurred and I just did like a really shitty job parking. So I like backed out and had to fix it or whatever. And when I got out, uh, a guy that uh, where I work commented on me, like pulling back in and out of this like empty parking lot, just like this one particular space. And I've been rattled ever since. And I swear to God, I feel like I've forgotten how to park a vehicle. Like I just can't every time I park, it's so in my head. I can't park anywhere. And I don't know what to do at this point. Every day I come in and I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, all right, you've done this a billion times. Just park the car, Mike. And I park it and I feel pretty good. And I get out and it's like crooked and over the line. And it's just, it, I've, I've, I've lost it. I, you know, I'm, I'm completely in my head and, and lost the ability to park. So I'm rattled. Like, can I be honest with you? Sure. You looked rattled. You look rattled. Like I feel you, rattled. You look yeah. off, and, and it, it's it's that, it's in my head every day. That that is a perfect explanation for why you just like kind of look and, and feel off right now. And yeah. and listen, listen, we're you know it's 2022. Like you know, I mean, like that you know, we're not we're not the macho podcast. Like you don't need to to be a man. But I will say, like the one thing where like I feel like a man is is being, and I'm not saying that women can't parallel i put my reputation on being able to like park and park quickly and park effectively and nothing like you saying nothing throws me off quite like a bad parking job because it maybe happens like once every like 20 times i take a lot of pride in being able to nail that parallel park boom 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 you know just in and out I take a lot of pride in that if I'm off and I have to take an extra turn or heaven forbid, you have to pull back out and redo it. I just, oh, yeah. I just like, don't feel, I don't feel myself. So I completely understand where you're coming from right now. Yeah. It's not great. And as always, he's back from Spain. I mean, I don't even want to get into this. Like I'm, it, you want to throw me off. Let's, let's talk about another Trent vacation. That's what's going to throw me off. So he's back at the house of Meg. I guess we're going to welcome back Trent Fontanella. Trent, welcome back to the podcast. What's up, gentlemen? I'd love to just go on and on about Spain, but I first need to say I'm rattled with like scarring memories of job stuff or like first date stuff and not being able to park. I feel like the parking job, I can totally relate to that, Mike. When you're like uber nervous first day at work or something, or you just have to impress somebody, you just forget how to park. And I can totally relate to that. So you'll get better, buddy. Just keep at it. Keep your head up. You'll, you'll figure it out soon. All right, Trent. Well, let's hear it. Tell us about running with the bulls. I mean, we've been teasing this this for a while. 
We're a running podcast. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into, but we we'd be doing a disservice to all the listeners, everybody that's invested in this this sperm of the moment trip to go to go run with the bulls. Tell us about it. And let's you know I've, let's keep it, let's keep it somewhat condensed. We don't need to spend the whole episode. But let's hear about running with the bulls. I feel like it's a shame that this is happening during world championships. Yeah. I feel like we could do a whole episode on this alone. Yeah, this, but... this, this would have been a perfect like down season, you know, episode where there weren't any races going on, but let's hear it. Let's, let's give us a quick breakdown. Um, you know, I, I hope you got run over by at least one bull, but let's hear it. I mean, the biggest surprise of the whole trip is that I came out injury free, feeling good, no broken bones, no nothing, no bruises. I survived the bulls voice. I'm, I'm kind of like an adrenaline junkie to an extent, right? Like I, uh, you know, I, I'll go skydiving if someone wants to go skydiving. I'll, we, we gamble a lot, right? Because I kind of like the, the excitement of getting, getting going on there. I like to do, you know, steep snowboarding or whatever. Uh, nothing could ever prepare me for the feeling you get when you are at the San Fermis Festival in Pamplona, Spain. And you get up and it's it's first thing in the morning. You do like 10 straight days. It's insanity. It's first thing in the morning. You got to get there at like 6.37 to get on the course because they're going to just clear it out and kick you off and put all the barriers up because the bulls are just running around like crazy. So everything has to be barricaded in. So you got to get onto the course and you just start you just start feeling the blood pump and you start feeling the excitement. They got like big screens going on showing wipeouts from previous years. And you're just looking at each other. A group of uh, four of us ended up doing it and we're like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? So we, uh, we find our spot like two thirds of the way between kind of the outside of the city center and the, the stadium where the bulls run into at the end. And we're on the kind of a top of a little bit of a hill and you hear this cannon go off and the cannon says the bulls have left the pen. The bulls are now running. Oh my God. Dude, you're, you're standing there. Everybody, some people are already scared. They're like push up against the wall. Other people are like already running. They just want to like beat the bulls into the stadium. And then you have people, they're just jumping, right? They're trying to jump to see over the crowd of people. So when they can see the bull kind of turn the corner and start running towards them. So everybody's just like jumping as high as they can. It looks like they're getting ready for like the high jump or something, just kind of warming up. And then all of a sudden the people that are kind of trickling by you, the mob just starts going and people are just running past you. Everyone's got their little red and white outfit on. And at a certain point, you're like, all right, I guess we're going. And so you turn, I immediately lose track of like everyone in my group. It just becomes the most like primal instinct and it's you versus everybody else. And you're just running and you're running, you're looking behind you to make sure there's not a bull right behind you. And then you're looking forward to make sure nobody like trips in front of you. Cause the mob is like the scariest part. There's just people pushing you. And then you kind of turn that glimpse and you see that first bull through a few people and everybody. So you have the real crazies, right? That are like going to get right up on that bull and like, like pretty much like tap its back and and ride with it. But then you have most of the people, myself included, who you see the bull and you are just trying to get to the side of like, this is a skinny European street, right? This Pamplona has been around since the, the, the middle ages so it's these tiny streets you just try to get to the, the side of the road and you're running and people are pushing you and, and you're pushing back and it doesn't matter every man for himself the bulls go by there's like 10 bulls and you're just kind of running and like again looking behind you then looking forward the bulls go and then guys i don't know how rare this is we get past the last bull and everybody's just like sprinting to get to the stadium because you got to get into the stadium before they barricade it up and a bull turns around 
this bull turns around because the whole crowd oh, just starts freaking out and starts God. running back towards you. And so now you're like, oh, which way do I go? People are jumping over the barricades. This one woman, I felt bad for her. She like grabbed my arm and then fell down on the ground in front of me. It's like, lady, I can't help you. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to escape a raging bull. Eventually, the bull figures out which way to go. Uh, you follow it in. Uh, and I, I, guys, I just, I can't, I can't even like describe the feeling. Like I did you know, I like to think I need adrenaline. I did not need this kind of adrenaline. It was like the most, like, again, like primal instinct of life or death and just getting away from these people uh, to get to thing. And then this, the, the, the part that they don't really talk about is you go into the stadium and everybody's celebrating. You're losing your mind. It's probably a 20,000 person, like bullfighting stadium. That's probably an exaggeration. Let's call it like 10,000. It's packed though. People are yelling and chanting and singing. And then they let a bull back. They let like one bull after another, like one at a time, they back into the ring and you're just in there with all these people and you have these amateur bullfighters getting up and trying to play with the bull. And you're just like in the stadium with the bull running around like a hundred people. It's total pandemonium, total mayhem. Uh, it, it, it was just the wildest experience. So I could not recommend it more to anyone out there that feels like they just want to to feel like you're a caveman again if you're any sane person out there you don't need it you can go and watch it from the, the stands and you'll get a, a rush as well but what a, what a time boys what a time to be alive did, did you have any close encounters like was there any moment with the bull that you were like you know you, you thought you were gonna get got yeah the i mean i don't think i ever thought i was gonna get got but when that bull turned around like as we're approaching the stadium the bull starts turning around because i was kind of near the front of it and it's coming at you and you just see people really freaking out because now the bull's not acting the way it's supposed to act right it's supposed to just kind of follow the funnel of people and go into the stadium now this bull's a complete wild card and then i see it like coming at me and i'm trying to get to sign just hoping for the best so when it turned around that was when like my heart because you just thought you kind of cleared the worst of it and then my heart just sank and it's like, all right, we are, we are in it right now. It felt like we were going to war. Does any kind of like running or athletic fitness matter for this? Like, do you think you had any kind of advantage or do you think it's just like, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's more of like a mosh pit mentality. You know, I think there actually probably is something to, like the very beginning of a cross country race, right? That funnels together way too closely. It's more like being able to move at a fast speed while staying on your feet, right? Cause you see, you know, how many people take a bad fall at the beginning of a cross country race, they get spiked. Now just imagine there's a dozen bulls like running wild behind you got them. So that it kind of adds that, you know, oh, you, you spooked element. Uh, so that, that I will say, I'll, I'll credit that uh, for keeping me alive out there is my cross country days. Mike, we're doing this. Like yeah, that story, it, it, it does sound awesome. That story, like Trent, your way of describing this, like it, I mean, that, that's like, that's like gotta be an adrenaline rush that you're going to chase friend. Like you'll never be able to get that feeling again. I, I, that's, that's exactly what it is. I don't think you can replicate it. I mean, there's other, I'm sure insane experiences, but you can't replicate it in a way where you're surrounded by like, I don't know, a thousand people that are all doing this together. And like, you're just, you just don't know what to expect until it's happening type of thing. And then it just pushes you way further outside your comfort zone than you ever wanted to be. Uh, it, it's, it, if, if anyone's looking for, you know, just like a random trip, you go out there, you do that. And then I was telling the guys earlier, like right after it, we just went to this like beach town in Northern Spain, in the Basque country, ate amazing food, went surfing, hung out on the beach. 
or I attempted to surf. I didn't surf. I attempted to surf, but you just do that. Like I couldn't recommend the trip any more uh, than that. There, there's something special about like this whole kind of city gathering together and doing this insane event that makes no sense whatsoever anymore, but somehow people agree that we should keep doing this uh, and people do it. And then, and then you just hope for the best. So yes, the gender brothers need to get out there. All right. So I'm throwing this out there. I'm doing this on my 40th birthday or the year I'm turning 40. I'm doing this. That's I'm going to, cause I, I feel like this is something you got to look forward to for a really long time. It's got to be meaningful as like a prove that I'm alive type of type of thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, I'm going to six years from now, I'm going and I'm doing this. I think you nailed it. Like if you just need to feel alive, nothing will make you feel alive, like running down a narrow street with a bull and then getting in a bullfighting stadium with these bulls running around trying to truck you. So the big 40, that's a perfect idea for it. Uh, I'd say you don't even need a big 40th birthday. Anytime you can get to Spain, let's say next summer, that's a good time. Hey, for well, it too, but you know, the next 18 years is going to be really difficult for me to travel. <laughs> so, you know, for trips like this, they need to be put on the calendar significantly ahead of time. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so this is anybody, the P2E mileage challenge. What is that? 20, uh, 2028 or 2029, whatever. It was going to be running with the bulls in Spain. So it, awesome. this is, this is six years out. So I definitely do not need to be held accountable to whatever, like who knows where I'll be in six years. I'm going to even have legs in six years. So yeah, sure. I'll say I'll do it with you, Steve. Six years from now, put it on the calendar. Mike, what a, what a commitment. Just to that point real quick, it kind of reminded me of a mileage challenge, right? Where you pick this insane thing to do once a year just to like push yourself. Now it's totally different, right? It's not, a, it is a little bit physical, but it's really not physical. But to push yourself like mentally to that point, like to get the adrenaline juices flowing that much and to get yourself to like face a fear like that, uh, it kind of felt like the mileage challenge. Like I think it's probably good for most people that, you know, end up unhurt to like push yourself in a, in a way like that. So Mike seems less sold. I think he might need a little bit more selling on this. Mike I, just is a, I just committed to it. What are you talking about? Yeah, I just said I would right. do it. I, I still, I still have the, you know, I'm not quite on your level, but I still got the adrenaline junkie in me. Mike is like so far beyond <laughs> like that. Mike just, you know, if, if, if it wasn't for us getting him going on these marathons and mild challenges, he would just be sitting on his couch doing nothing. So. He can't sure. even so, Sounds good to it. me. Sounds like a plan. All right, boys. Well, we are in the midst of the world championships. We're watching the 5K uh, heat number two right now. Our boy Sam Parsons is on the track right now. I'm trying to think what other friends of the track, uh, friends of the program yeah. on the track. Woody's on the track. Woody's right on now. the track. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we just had Grant Fisher just got off the track. So, um, we get the 5K heats going. So, maybe you'll get some live reactions. The 200s coming up shortly, which is very important to me for yep. uh you know for a lot of reasons we'll just say that um uh so that that's coming up so you maybe get a live reaction there but i i do want to start off by saying this in general i'm underwhelmed by the world championships and i say that coming off of usa's where i feel like the usa's usa championships was one of the more entertaining track meets we had watched in a while i'm just like kind of i just i just feel like frustrated by usas and a lot of it has to do with the outcome but like 
you know, we're going to get into it, but like, I'm so furious with the, with the whole Devin Allen situation. Like, I think the, the, um, the, the, the situation with Hopple last night was frustrating. It's just like, and I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping these next couple of days are going to be good and they're going to be fun. And we're going to see a lot of, um, uh, USA, uh, singlets on the podium, but just like, you know, I'm curious to hear your, your guys take on it, but just in general, I'm just like, I'm just like kind of bummed out by worlds. I'm it, it, like it. And I think part of it has to do with the attendance at Hayward. You know, I thought that, you know, maybe it was down at USA's because people were going to come to the world championships, but I'm looking at the stadium right now. It's half full and it's, I don't know. I'm just bummed out by it. How are you guys feeling about world championships? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like there's the obvious particular events and instances that, you know, we will get into that um, are, are particularly frustrating. But Steve, you talked about it last last episode, and and it it's hard to stay locked in for ten straight days, it and it and it's hard to bang out a stadium for ten straight days, right? So, and you really have like, I don't know, for us maybe like you're lucky if you get one final that we care about every day. So it's like you have all this other stuff going on, and you're tuning in for that that one final and you know you might have money that you toss around that helps find the other stuff but it just it's it's very difficult to stay locked in for you know what we would consider our super bowl to be locked in for 10 straight days it's it's it takes a lot of energy and i don't even think the i don't even think track and field goes on for 10 days at the olympics right isn't it like isn't track and field over a six day stretch at the Olympics or seven i don't know i could be wrong on that maybe it's 10 days but Looking in, in retrospect, like say, say, you know, I didn't have two kids in my house. Mike didn't have uh, a child in his house. Trent wasn't in Spain and we had planned ahead and we decided we were going to pick 2022 and we were either going to go to USA or we were going to go to world championships. And if we cho- chose world championships, I would have looked back and been upset and been like, why don't we just go to USA's? We could have seen all the events in one long weekend they would have been more entertaining. Instead, if you go to you if you go to World Championships, you pick three days. Maybe you get to see three, maybe four finals, and you don't get to see all the races that you want. And you kind of get this, just kind of this underwhelming feeling. You know, just you know, not seeing the performances you had hoped to. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of bummed. To uh, to further support this point, so being in Spain full admission i really was not tuned into this very much a couple headlines here or there but you know i was on vacation i was i was running with the bulls and then i was just sitting in the in the beach enjoying the surf i come back and i kind of like netflix binge watch to catch up and i I don't know i I didn't i couldn't relate to the feeling you guys are having right now because i i feel like in the last two days i've caught myself up on all the events i wanted to watch i feel myself in i was taking it there was controversy obviously little well, we were on the wrong side of it as fans in a lot of ways, but there's some controversy. Uh, there was, uh, you know, some awesome performances. I don't know. I, I think packing it in made it a pretty exciting event for me. And I, I was surprised to hear this take from you guys to start the show off here. Um, but I guess that, that kind of goes exactly to your point where I, I kind of watched it in the last like three days and it just felt like an overwhelming amount of track and field. That was great. And a lot of storylines to follow. Uh, whereas you guys have been having the marathon here rather than the sprint that I had. All right. Well, you know, we still have, we still have a few more days, so maybe my feelings will change. And uh, <laughs> I'm also going to, 
like being honest with myself, a lot of it has to do with how my bets are going. And, uh, you know, I have, well, that, that hurts. I, yeah. I haven't been doing poorly, but I haven't been doing great. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to get into some of the events that really kind of were just like kicking the balls. Um, can but, I, uh, you know, can I, I stand for a sec ahead. here? It's funny that, uh, you haven't been doing great. Cause when I was listening to the preview, you know, you hear a lot of great takes by the fellows here. I was like, oh, because I would listen to it. And then I'd look up the result of what happened because I listened to it on like the plane ride back. And then I get home and I looked up, you know, the results of it. And I was like, wow, Steve's doing well. Mike, maybe not doing so hot, but I feel like Steve is doing pretty well. So it, it's funny, like things you come on the podcast and then you just get the emotion going and you get on your, your talk with your bookie or on your website and then, you know, all hell breaks loose. But. Well, I haven't like all my predictions have. And, and I guess that I guess it makes it harder all my predictions have come very close where the Olympics, I was way off on everything, but all my predictions have been like really close. And I just haven't been closing the deal on a lot of these things. So it's, which has made it tougher. And, you know, it's one of those things like, would you rather just get blown out or would you rather get, you know, have the buzzer beat beater, you know, lose the buzzer beater. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, it, 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 but that, that being said, there's a lot on the line over the next couple of days. <laughs> and if a oh, couple yeah. things go my way, it could be, it could be a lot of fun. So I have a, a six, a six event parlay that only one of the events has been covered so far. So that, <laughs> that determines a lot of what I got going on here. Trent, you want to hear this? this yeah. Give, the, give the people the, the <clears throat> six leg parlay that you have. Right. So we got Krauser to win. So that's my only checkbox. Got it. Too easy. Then we got Noah, who's tonight. We got Sydney McLaughlin, who's tomorrow. We got Mo in the 800. We got Duplantis in the pole vault. And we got Cheptegei in the men's 5K. So that's the only one that's plus money. What do you think that six-person parlay what are the odds of that six person part? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go plus 125. <laughs> what, what's what's to Guy's odds? Because that that's a big fact. Oh, guy's plus. He's plus, right? Yeah, he's plus three hundred. Okay, so we're gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go plus plus two twenty-five. No, it's gonna be better than that. It's gonna be like plus, I don't know, fifteen hundred or something. All right, let's split the difference. Plus nine sixty. 960. Wow, well, weren't all the weren't weren't most of those like minus thousand underdogs? So Krauser oh, is minus a thousand. Sydney it was minus sixteen hundred, and Duplantis is minus two. Mo is minus five, and Noah's minus one twenty five. So Noah and Cheptegei is where you get your your value. But those are the good, those are the also the ones that I'm worried about. <laughs> so. We um on last week's podcast we said that if you could get Mo or Sydney anywhere close to minus three hundred, then you should that that's the Ryan Krauser of this of this uh of this you know track me last uh, the Olympics we got Ryan Krauser minus three hundred and we said risk big money to win money it's it's free money but I found out the other day the odds have shifted a little bit if you parlay Sydney McLaughlin and a thing mo it's minus 280 so it's like there's your bet right there that's your bet you gotta lay big money to win money but if you're willing to do it it's 
as sure of a thing as you can get in sports. Or, so that I totally agree. Or you could do something a little more conservative than Michael's six leg parlay, add the two of those, and then one real bet, right? Like your chapter guy, your your low plus, you know, hundred or plus two hundred, something like that. But yeah, I, if you're making a bet out there, I I'm a sure thing anymore. Then it becomes not a sure a thing. No, no, I'm not trying to say sure things. But if you're if you're feeling risky, I think the the no brainer is to parlay one or both of those athletes with your bet and just add those two to everything you do and just. As long as those guys don't shit the bed, then well, then it becomes real dangerous if you just <laughs> tie with everything. Well, but you know, Trent, what I was saying, and I didn't do this because I was having somebody else who lives in New Hampshire put my bets in for me, so I didn't want to completely overwhelm them. Um, but what I wanted to do was any individual I wanted to bet on was just parlay them with Krauser, um, McLaughlin, and Duplantis right? Like three pretty much automatic wins. So you'd have those three parlayed in every single bet you make. So it's like, all right, you want to bet on, um, you know, whatever, like who was the guy I wanted uh, chariot. You want to bet on chariot. Okay. You bet chariot, but also just throwing those other three guys to boost the value. Just a, just a tad, even if you get an extra, like, Twenty thirty dollars out of it. It's like that's an an automatic twenty thirty dollars. So that's what I, what I would have done. But like I said, I didn't want to overwhelm my uh, well, the guy but, I had putting in my my bets for me. But the problem with the ten day meet is you you could never it they would never allow you to parlay. It would never be available to parlay Krauser with any of the those other events because the shot put is is long gone before some of those other events are even posted. What do you mean? I did I did parlay Krauser in those one of mine i did oh. this but i put them in like before everything started so uh, so i could no. i could have done that just like i said i didn't i hear you i hear you. well that's our that's our quick two for the money um why don't we kick off i mean we got to get into world so why don't we kick off uh uh the news and just kind of go through um you know kind of piece by piece we're not going to go through every single uh event we're going to talk about the events that have storylines or just stuff that we want to talk about. So uh, I'm going to quickly go grab a beer and then let's kick off the news. Let's do it. What just happened to Woody Kincaid? Did he, did he miss the... He's bloody. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think he, he must have... Uh, yeah, he's he's real bloody. You see uh, uh, Ingebrigtsen and Grijalva pumping up the crowd, coming around the, bass, the, the last turn there? Yeah. Watch it right now. <laughs> All right, Mike, where are we going to start? So do we want to go chronological or do we want to go in like, you know. Let's well, go, we'll, let's we'll go by, go. Uh, you know, let's just go. Let's just go chronological. All right. So let's see. Day one. What did we have for interesting stuff? Want to talk race walk? Yeah, we'll talk the 20K race walk. How much money do you have on that one, Trent? Well, you pick your event, Mike. I'll just shout out my high school track coach, uh, U.S. Olympian to Beijing Olympics in the women's race walk. Shout out Coach Dow. We've been teasing having her on for years now. That's true. Yeah, we did. We want to try to reach out to Coach Dow? Yeah. I think she's probably retired. I have so many questions to ask. So I'm not sure we could have a serious interview with her. I think we might get 
a little a little out of hand so i don't know if i could That's i can do that probably true um all right does anybody have any takes on the men's 100 meter we got the american sweep curly bracy bromel uh our guy christian coleman in sixth place but we do got the american sweep so you know the way it should be right yeah, no, I, it, no big surprises here. Um, and, and, you know, from the, from the gambling perspective, not a ton of value. Cause like this is, you know, Curly was a, was a, was a, I think minus 700 favorite. So there's not a ton of value there. So we didn't pay much attention to it in the kind of lead up for it. I, w- I will say uh, Fred Curly, watching Fred Curly run the hundred you know, cause he's, he's a pretty big guy. He's bigger than most people on the track. He's tall. He's really built. He's obviously very fast. It's kind of like, all right, Bill Belichick, let's give Fred Curley a call. And then you watch him run the 200 and the dude cannot turn for his life. Like he, he is, he was struggling. He, he pulled his hamstring on the, on the curve, on the 200. He, it's like, he can't run a curve. It's like run straight turn, run straight turn, run straight turn. And it's like, Oh, that's why a guy that size looks like that ended up running track is because he can go one direction and he can't do anything else. Yeah. Built for absolutely one, one athletic <laughs> yeah. uh, experience and nothing else. Uh, I was bummed Coleman. Coleman got six. I know uh, just to love to see the redemption out of him, rebound and be up there, but I'm not going to complain with the uh, USA one, two, three was pretty good but maybe we'll see coleman uh, continue to, to get back on his horse here and make some damage as we move forward um all right one quick note on the men's marathon uh galen rupp got absolutely demolished he stinks i was li- listening to his post-race interview and i was just like you're the least entertaining athlete in the history of the world and you just got smashed you stink it, uh, it is a little sad because this this is kind of his last chance. Yeah, this was it, and it was in his home state. It's probably a course he's been training on for, you know, since the Olympic. Well, his whole life, but he's been you know training specifically for this race since the Olympics and uh, on that course. And it's just you kind of got a feel from a little bit that this is how he's going out. Not he, not that he's going out, but on the world stage. The World Championship Olympics, he might be it might be done for him, but we'll we'll see him in big city. I'm not saying like he's he's done from the marathon, but you know, for this type of race, it might be over for him. Uh, men's 10k, Joshua Chepta guy with the win, not any kind of shock there. Our guy Grant Fisher is it, it's insane how he has just put himself on the world elite stage. I know we've talked about it a bunch of times, but it it still kind of blows my mind to see him competing with these guys. And, you know, we've kind of become accustomed to, it's just become routine at this point that Grant Fisher is just straight up internationally elite. Unfortunately, though, finishes fourth just off the podium. And it's one of those things where, you can't really give him a hard time because he did run a great race. He put himself in a position, but it was just like, man, you feel like just if he did maybe one thing differently, I don't, I don't really know what it is. It's like, but I'm sure he's going to go back and look at the tape and be like, Oh man, I was right there. I had a chance to get that, that podium, but 
you know, I, I, I'm, I can't I'm say not, anything bad. I have about a different Grant. feeling. I have a different feeling because it's one of those things where I have so much respect for Grant and I'm a huge fan of him because in that home stretch, when he's competing for a podium place and he, he, he gets fourth, he just finished off the podium, but he grinds it out to the finish running, a, running a great race. It's one of those things where you look at it and it's like, this guy doesn't belong here. And he's able to keep up with this guy, like with, with these guys on the, you know, that are the best in the world. And um, it's just, I think it's gutsy racing. It's tough racing. And, you know, I got to get my head around to the fact that he does belong there. He's one of the best in the world, but I, I mean, I, I mean, this is a compliment. I'm not trying to take away from what Grant Fisher does. It's like, he's, he's overachieving, you know? And um, I, it was, I just, it's an, it was, I think it was an impressive race. Like I'm really proud of the way he raced. Like, you know, we're going to, you know, I, I sent him a message after the race and I just said, man, you know, I think you ran a really ballsy race and the medals will come. I I genuinely believe that. And I, I pluralize that medals. I believe that he has medals in his future, just like he's 25 and he's, he's in the mix with the best in the world on at the biggest races. And, you know, if you continually put yourself there in podium contention, it's just going to start clicking for you. So yeah, it feels like he was in college like yesterday, and now we're watching him compete with these guys in the world stage. And that's, uh, I think, the experience you're having, Steve, is the experience that a lot of people are having, where if you're not following it closely, you're like, oh, he doesn't belong there. What a crazy way to get fourth. But when you've been following it closely, you, you like are starting to believe that he he actually does belong there. So shout out Grant Fisher uh, making big waves. Shout out Joe Klecker, top 10 at Worlds. Pretty impressive yeah. as well. Uh, the U.S. has got a, a pretty deep group here right now in 10K. Steve, let's move to the women's pole vault where I don't have a ton to say, but I know this is one of your few, uh, you know, gambling wins. So I, I figured you might want to uh, share your, your pole vault experience. So I, I bet, um, I, I bet on the winner, Katie Najat. Um, and, uh, the, the clear cut favorite was Sandy Morris and the way that this went down, it was crazy because um, Katie was having like uh, was having one of the best days she's had since she hit her PR. She's had a really tough. She, I mean, she, I think she won gold uh, at, at the last Olympics, but she's been having a tough year. And they were saying on the broadcast, and she was able to kind of go through. But Sandy was still like obviously a better jumper, and she was. She was going higher. She just like just wasn't getting over the wasn't getting over the um the 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 pole. Like it was just her. She had higher jumps. She was clearing it and knocking it over every single time. And uh, she had to miss uh, like three times in a row for Katie to get the Katie get the win. And she missed three times in a row with jumps where she was missing by so little. Like she had it. She like it was one. She just needed to get her hand out of the way and she knocked it over. Um, and it was one of those things where the two Americans, you don't want to cheer against anybody in that situation, but I have Katie <laughs> plus plus 400 and it, oh, man, it was setting up to be a beautiful, beautiful gambling night because I had, I had, I had Katie winning and she won, uh, she won that. And then after that, I had Devin Allen plus 250 in the 110 hurdles. And then after that, it was the women's hundred. And I had, um, the girl finished second, uh, uh, rich, um, was it Rich's 
I forget who I had. It was um, uh, my phone's not loading here. I had. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jackson. I had Jackson and she was looking unbelievable. And I was like, she has a chance to win this. So it was looking like I, 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 so I hit, I hit a plus 400. I had a 250 coming up and I had a plus, another plus 400. And I was like, this could be an all time night. And then it just, after the pole vault, I was like, this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on Instagram live and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a dance. Like, I, I don't know what's gonna happen if I win all three of these. <laughs> um, and then, Shortly after the height of the pole vault victory, the night went to shit. It just went to absolute hell. So, and I guess, I mean, that's, that's next in chronological order. Unless you gentlemen have anything to say on the pole vault, I think we can move on to the next topic that well, might take there, up most of the there, rest of the podcast. There's one thing I wanted to say before we get to that, but um, before I even say that, I just want to say like having unique we did poo poo the world championships and all that stuff like that, but having like very unique gambling wins and losses stuff that you don't see in other sports, right? Like having to cheer for three misses in the pole vault in a row. I think we do need to give credit to like, that's thrilling. Like that is, it that is, is it. that is a thrilling. Um, it's, it's up there with Mike. You remember, uh, remember the, the UNC missing four straight oh. throws. It oh, was yeah. like the same level. It's like, <laughs> It's like, we're done. We're done. Like, there's there's no way this guy misses his free throw, and he just misses four. They miss four free throws in a row. The same thing is, like, she's clearing the bar. There's no way she doesn't miss three times, and she just misses every single time. Unbelievable. Uh, before we get to that event you were talking to, Steve, let's quickly hit on the men's shot put, women's – or, sorry, the American sweep, Krauser, uh, Kovix, and – Josh, tuned. Sorry, said your name wrong. Uh, but what I think is interesting about this is, yes, Krauser got the win. Thank God, because I had him in that parlay. Um, definitely wasn't as convincing as I thought, right? I mm. mean, like it, it was a little bit closer. If you if you did take that risk and decided to like put a ton of money on the minus odds, you were sweating sweating that one out, maybe just a little bit, but. At the end of the day, Krauser takes it home like we all knew and thought that he would. Um, okay. So, well, yeah. on that, on that, okay, maybe world championships next year, since we're noticing a little decline in Co- and, uh, Krauser, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's, that's the time to take Kovac plus 700, plus 600. Maybe that's the... Maybe that's the play next next year. Yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't recommend it, but we'll see. All right. Well, um, put that put that in your memory bank. A little tickler file. Tuck it away. Tuck it away and pull it out at this time next year. All right. If you haven't seen what happened to our guy Devin Allen in the hundred and ten meter hurdles, you are living under a freaking rock. But I will explain it to you. He gets DQ'd from a false start because he was one hundredth of a second too fast in his, uh, you know, what do they call it? Reaction time. So, so the, the reaction this, time, like the react, essentially, you can't. So the gun's got to go off. 
and you can't be, um, you can't be a tenth of a second. You can't be within a tenth of a second of the gun going off and you taking off because that isn't. And I'll get. We'll. I'm sure we'll dive into this. I'm just trying to clarify. That's an indication that you were trying to jump the gun, quote unquote, jump the gun. There's no human that can that can that can react to a gun within a tenth of a second. Is essentially is essentially why that rule why they put that rule in place. Which if I'm being completely honest before this past week is a rule I didn't really know or understand very well. And to hear like all the explanations and the fact that I thought he was, you know, my initial thought was, Oh, he was a hundred or one, one thousandth of a second, like before the gun went off. Oh no, 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 no. He reacted after the gun and you watch these clips and it's just like, I've probably watched the clip a billion times and it's like he moves at the exact same time as everybody else. The you the human eye can never ever be able to, I don't care how much you slow it down, you just cannot notice any kind of difference in the way they take off. I mean, it is it's insane. It, it, when you, if you try and like show that to someone who's not doesn't know anything about track and tell them oh hey yeah like i i bet money on this guy and he got disqualified because of of this watch this clip right here i mean your brain wouldn't be able to conceptualize what you're talking about like it just doesn't make any sense so i don't even know where to start with this i don't know where to start on <laughs> i don't know where to start on the origin of this stupid rule um the fact that that they're they're making this call on a thousandth of a second, or it could be less than a thousandth of a second, right? There's some line, and he was very close to that line. It could be less than a thousandth of a second. Not not letting him run under protest. Um, it, it, there's there's so many directions I can go. I am just gonna. I'll start with this, then I'll hand it off to Trent, and we can go down. We can go down all the roads that you I want to go down. But I'll just say I am so upset. I'm so upset at the sport. I'm so upset at this meet. I'm so upset at so many things that this is such an injustice for one of the coolest storylines we've had in the history of the sport, right? We have a guy that's leaving to go play professional football and he came up as an Oregon duck in this, in, in, on the university of Oregon. He has a chance to kind of have a send off in front of his home crowd where it's been his home for uh, you know a long time since he was in, in college. He has a chance to have a send-off, and he's a contender for the world champion. He has the third fastest time in this event of all time, and it came just about a month ago, okay? And this insane, insane instance happens, and it's just poof, gone, completely taken away from him. It wanted – it made me want to not watch the rest of the track meet. It made me, I mean, and, and a part, part of it had to do with the money that I lost, but it made me want to like quit this pot or, or change the sport that this podcast covers. I was so furious by what happened in this race. Like I, I, it's just, it's demoralizing. It's, it is, this sport is take one step forward, take three steps back. You had every, you know, as much as I dislike him, you had every 
loser Philadelphia Eagle fan watching that race and you have a chance to convert all of them over to the sport of track and field. And it's just like, and then they turn it on and it's like, Oh, this is why I hate track and field. This is why I'm never going to watch this sport again. And it's just one step forward, three steps back, one step forward, four steps back. It, this sport will never, ever, ever grow. It will never, ever grow. If you let this bullshit continue to happen. And you know Steve. what? Well, I zoned out a little bit because I was watching the 800 semi when you were listing all the things that make it a great storyline. But did you mention the fact that his dad just passed away like a week or two ago as well? We, we, we talked about it on the last podcast. Yeah, it's just like that's another element to the storyline of like all these things that were piling up to make this like, you know, track and field loves their like, you know, their, their storylines and their human interest stories and all these things piling up to be the perfect human interest story for them and like you said gone i'm sorry Trent. i'm I'm gonna go one more i'm gonna say one more thing it's like and this this like this stupid arbitrary can't be your reaction time can't be below this that was just somebody just decided that there's no scientific evidence that you can't react that quick to a gun like it's just like oh this sounds like a good idea so we're just going to do this, right? And never mind the fact that he was a thousandth away from that, okay? We'll, we'll discredit him. Like, you know, there was a time where they said, if you run a sub four-minute mile, you're going to collapse and die, okay? And so now we're saying, like, you can't react to a gun that quickly. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it, it was a pretty nerdy, like, podcast where we were talking about lifting and, and just kind of like, it, 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 I, I listen to a whole bunch of different shit, right? But and they were talking about reaction time. And this had nothing to do with track and field, but it applies. Reaction time and, quick, and quickness overall is essentially a form of genius, right? You're, you're, you're interpreting what's in front of you, whether it's sight, hearing, whatever. You're interpreting your environment around you. And your brain is making a decision. And your brain is telling your body to do something. And everybody's, everybody has a different speed in which that happens. So if you're like super quick and I'm not saying fast, I'm not saying fit, but just reaction time and your ability to like get out of the blocks or make a cut in football, it's essentially a form of genius. Right. And so by saying like putting this super arbitrary line out there and saying like, yep, it just, you can't react as quick. It's just like, it's completely limiting what, what your expectations of human potential is because um, hearing the gun, reacting and getting out of the blocks is not only part of the event, it's arguably the most important event. And so you're putting a governor on, on how to do that. And so what, what happens in the future as people start, as athletes continue to evolve and they get better at this reaction time, are athletes going to have to train to not react quick? Are the athletes going to have to train to make sure they're not leaving the blocks until that stupid time period has passed? Like, what, like what's the direction of the sport? Well, if that, if that rule does not change after this, if this does not, you know, light a fire under track and field to change that arbitrary number, then we really, then we can, should be ranting about this every podcast that we record from here on out. There are guys in that race that ran, and I might get these numbers wrong, but like ran seven thousandths of a second over the one tenth of a second that you're allowed, right? So you're getting instead of 0.1, they're 0.1, you know, 07, 0.108. There were two guys that were in that window. When you have 
runners that are, are consistently becoming that close to that arbitrary number, right? To that 10th of a second, when consistently you see these world-class athletes uh, on the world stage running times that are getting their, their reaction time is that close to the number. And you don't think to revisit this rule before something like this happens. Like it was only, it was bound to happen that somebody was going to dip under it because it's, it's not outrageous that people come close to the one tenth of a second. People come extremely close all the time and they never thought to revisit this rule. Um, well, I hope they're now they're revisiting it now after, after what happened, you can't overstate how big of a tragedy it was. It, the fact that they haven't revisited it after it's become commonplace for athletes to get out of the blocks very extremely extremely close to that one tenth of a second is ridiculous and then you just look at like the idea of this rule right and the two things that are, are the worst when you're when you're just reflecting on it one you penalize Devin Allen for doing something better than everyone else you don't penalize him for like a questionable call for maybe he got away with something he didn't he didn't he just did it better than anyone else has done it before and he gets penalized that's ridiculous the second thing that i can't freaking stand is when you have this like way too much technology that's making the calls here and this is a point that like mike said earlier the human eye can't pick it up it's not just a human eye it's like our most advanced cameras technology that are watching the recording of it and we're slowing it down as much as they possibly can on television and not one freaking person can see Devin allen move before anyone else in that race and when you're making calls that are coming down to that close when you have i'm okay with the video right and i'm okay with putting in slow-mo and if you can't see him move on the slow-mo you got to be freaking kidding me and i'm not I'm not shitting on like the official for making the call, right? You had to do what you had to do. It's in the rule book, but oh, I'm going to get are, there. Okay. But if you are, are, are the governing body, right. And, and you are, you should be revisiting these types of rules. Like this had to be a relatively recent rule, right? How often, how, how long has it been since they could uh, attract this, uh, a close of a, a time reaction, right. Where you can measure a guy out of the block that quick and you're not revisiting it when you can see that like, uh, uh, the difference when guys get so close to that damn thing. And then when you can see when you're on video and you're slowing it down that much and you can't see the difference. Yeah. Complete tragedy. I feel so bad for them now. And I feel bad for track fans. I feel bad for everybody at Hayward that day was excited to see him uh, take one in front of his home crowd. Uh, I don't know, Steve, you, you were saying you apologize for running, keep running. We should, we should continue to keep running on this. This was terrible. So what you're saying about the equipment is like, how are we going to, how are we going to trust the equipment to, to like, you tell me that there's no chance that they that something could have happened where the equipment is at is a thousandth of a second off. Like you're gonna trust the equipment to get that close to that time barrier. Like it's that's insane. And then my last, uh, I, I mean, I have many more points, but based on what you're just saying, you know, we've been ranting and raving about it since the beginning of this podcast. The yellow jackets are the worst people in the world. And they took this, this event away from me. They, I track officials at the, at the world championships, you owe me, you owe me. I'm not asking for my winnings, but you owe me my lost money on this bet. I'm just going to say that. I think that's fair. I'm going to, I'm going to write a strongly word. Can we call them? I mean, we probably can try. Is there a complaint line? world athletics hotline the world let's see contact world athletics i think i talked about this in the pod one time i was so mad at the nba for an instant replay situation and i I wrote an email to them and they emailed me back a few days later and they they gave me a bs answer but contact us give me me a phone number what's that phone number we called last time 
<laughs> uh, that was a, like a rules department or something, right? Well, we look for this. Did you guys see um, Grant Fisher's, I'm not Grant Fisher, Grant Holloway's comments on it? No. He just said something along the lines, which I got to be honest, I kind of like. He's like, he, he said that he would, if Devin wanted to run an exhibition, just the two of them, he'd be happy to do it. As in like, you know, the, he we we've been talking about this the whole time we haven't talked about how you know grant holloway won the gold medal and i think it was a point to say you know this is fine that we're talking about all this but like he wasn't going to beat me anyways so like you know but how can you say that he's run devin well well, that's what that's what that's what he was saying he said if devin wants to run an exhibition i'd be happy to race him (laughs) which i kind of like you know i i i I don't hate that. Which I don't hate that. Wait, yeah, I would. That would have been fun. I'd love to see it. But, and I'm sorry for your bet, Steve. But like, let's say Devin Allen gets a silver medal, right? Or a bronze medal at this event, right? Let's say we get the USA sweep that they easily had a shot for. They probably were the favorites to get it. That's also an electric moment for Devin Allen to go out of his track and field career on top. Even if, let's say, Grant Holloway is the favorite. I mean, he was the favorite. Grant Holloway beats him. That doesn't take away from how special a moment it could have been to have Allen on the podium, three USA guys, one, two, three, and Devin Allen's last track meet. And the, the, the picture of Devin Allen just kind of in the, the staging room, like what, like sitting there watching the race oh, on yeah. TV is like the saddest picture I've ever seen. It's just... Yeah, it's terrible. The, uh, the announcers said, were like, Devin Allen, he can't take away from his teammates now. He's got to make sure they they don't lose their rhythm or whatever. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Oh, he's, yeah. He's going over. He's watching, like, the film, right? The official's trying to show him how he false started. And, of course, there's no evidence that he false started because he really didn't. There was some weird technicality that he broke. So he's watching it, and he's just, like, totally confused, cannot figure this this out. He knows he went off when he heard the gun, and the announcer's like, Devin should really clear the way here because he doesn't want to mess up the rhythm of the other athletes. And I was like, this guy just had the biggest tragedy that we can remember in this sport. It was awful. Yeah, that was insane line of, of thinking. And, like, I get it. They're obviously teammates, but you think Devin in that moment is, like, looking at no. Grant Holloway's number one competition as, like, Oh yeah, I gotta hook up my teammate right now. I was like, no, he yeah. wants to beat Grant. Like, <laughs> and if your teammates, know. then Grant is probably should be like pulling for Devin in that situation. Like, you keep right. protesting until they let yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. What, what about the reverse? Yeah, right. I mean, I, I I took to to the Instagram stories and kind of ranted a little bit the night of this, and I I said I said Devin, this sport doesn't deserve you. Put this sport in your rear view mirror. Go play football. Like screw track and field like this is this is just a tragedy it's a tragedy so agreed all right do we have anything left on the 110 hurdles no not my not my champion that's what i'm that's all i'm gonna say but (laughs) all right let's move on to day four uh we got the women's marathon um and we had some badass usa performances we had sarah hall in fifth we had emma bates in seventh and cara diamato in eighth i mean that's a pretty damn good showing 
for USA. And we've talked about Sarah Hall a bunch, but I mean, for her to be fifth at the world championship and, you know, only a couple minutes out of uh, a medal spot there. It's, it's, I continue to be amazed every single, you know, race she runs at the, the trajectory of her career and, you know, what she's made of herself and late in her, her career to be able to put herself in the top five in the world at the world championships. I've gotten crap about this in the past and that we have to talk about uh, Ryan when we talk about Sarah, but they are married. And I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. That's why I'm bringing it up. But we said it last year that um, the odds on this were very low, but Sarah has, has by far now eclipsed Ryan's career. She is officially yeah. the better runner in the family, which three years ago, four years ago, I, I'll even say three years ago, you would have said there's no chance that happened, but she's just had an amazing run over the past three, four years. So she is the better runner in the family. Sarah's an incredible athlete. We don't need to compare her to any males out there, Steve. I don't know why it matters who she's married to, Sarah. Uh, no. Uh, one, one time, Steve, can we talk women's marathoning without you bringing up a man? I know. I'm sorry. Um, and, and then, and then Kira, um, she, she started training for this like a few weeks ago <laughs> when Molly Seidel dropped out and, and she became the, the third representative. Right. So to, to finish eighth in this race is just, it's pretty incredible. So congratulations. All right, let's move on to the men's high jump or Steve, I don't have time to say, but you said you might have something to say. The one thing I will say is. I think um, our our buddy there from Qatar proved that maybe he bailed out our Italian friend there, proving he's the world champion, the best high jumper in the world. And, uh, you know, our, our, our Italian friend Guillermo, or however you say it, fell off the podium this, uh, yeah. this one time. I think it's Gianmarco. <laughs> John Gianmarco. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a yeah that, that's all I wanted to say. We, <laughs> we talked about it last time where uh, cashed a plus one, a cashed a plus one fifty ticket. Um, I, yep. yeah, I mean, proven that he he's the guy, and he he should have been the sole uh, owner of the uh, the gold medal last time around. So just yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was just a nice little nice little poke for your boy, and uh, just kind of proven that you know he's still the the dominant. Barsham is still the dominant high jumper in the world. So when when I heard you guys yeah, anything, this, anything to say about Guillermo? Yeah, no, nothing Marco. to say about Guillermo. Uh, I have something to say about Jean Marco though. The, the the half shave thing is 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 played out, dude. Just just shave your whole face. Uh this was the section of the pod I wanted to get on when you guys are previewing the most because you you know, Mike, I think you were excited about Jean Marco. Uh Steve, yeah, you're yeah. excited about Barsham. And uh, screw both those guys. Do we not forget they had the lamest finish of all time at the Olympics and they split it? I I don't like either (laughs) of those mentality. I was rooting for the guy from Korea in this one. So, uh, yeah, not not impressed by these fellas. All right. Last event of day four is the women's 1500 meter where Faith Keep You Going takes the win. No surprise there. Um, And... Our girl Sinclair Johnson 
take sixth place with a time of 4.01.63. It's a weird feeling, right? Because it's like six is a a great performance from Sinclair. We've also come to have very high expectations from Sinclair. Um, So, you know, I would have loved to seen her, you know, getting up close to that podium and potentially getting there because I think that's what we think she's capable of. But kind of like how I felt with Grant, it's like I don't have anything really bad to say about Sinclair. I think she ran really well. She put herself in a gave herself an opportunity and came up short with a sixth place finish against some really good girls. You know, it, it's weird because I mean, US is is so dominant in 800. And when we get to 15, it's hard to tell if there's just some dominant women out there that are just far ahead of what we have to offer in the United States, or if we're just a little bit behind in the development when it comes to the 1500 meter, I think six is, is an amazing finish for Sinclair and I'm really happy for it. But like, I mean, we talked about it coming into this. It's like, there's, there's no real hope of, con- there's just no hope of contending. Um, and I don't, I just, I don't know what it is. You know, I, 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 are we just, is the U S behind in this event? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you make good points. The best she realistically could have done here is fourth, right? It was a battle for fourth because the top three women were so much further ahead than everybody else. And yes, Sinclair ran great. Sixth place at the World Championships, nothing to sneeze at. But, you know, it's one of those few events where we don't have a chance really to get on a podium at this point. I mean, that being said, we didn't have a chance on the men's side either. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's just like, when it comes to the mile and the mile 1500 on the women's side, it's just like, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, are we ever even going to content? I, I don't know. I, I, need- I, I still am holding that hope for Sinclair. I think, I think she's right there. I think she's very close to, to that breakout, you know, and mixing oh, but, it up. And, but, but I'll be what contended. Well, this is true. It's a good point, Steve. It's a good point. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole, though. <laughs> we, we got too many things that we're bitching about this episode. Uh, all right, let's shift over to day five with the men's 1500. Uh, Steve, me and you went live with our friends from Bell Lab Track and Field for this event. Um, I had picked Timmy Chariot to take the win. Steve, you had taken Josh Kerr to take the win, I think. Yeah, and uh, Kerr took fifth place. Timmy Chariot took sixth place. He looked terrible. That was a bad pick on my part. Hand up to me. And so, if I told you neither of those two guys won or even podium, you would probably say, "Well, then it's obviously Jakobica Britson who took the win." You would be wrong. Jake Whiteman ran an incredible race, takes the win, and he had Jakob looking around over his shoulder down the home stretch to make sure he was going to secure a second. That's how dominant of a move Whiteman put on him. He broke Inga Britson. And, you know, I think we knew that somebody was going to get Jakob at some point. I definitely was not expecting it to be Whiteman, but it was an awesome race from him. So this is the best thing. I mean, when I say best thing, I, I mean, Jakob losing is the best thing that could have happened to the sort because I'll tell you why. Because it was looking like Jakob was hitting a new gear and he was going to, I mean, how, how old is he? Is he 
21, 22? He's young, right? Something Super young. Like that, yep. Super. So it looked like he was hitting another gear, and he was just going to take off in this event for the foreseeable future. And I'm not saying he won't, but this proved that he's human. And, and, and it was like one of those things where it's like you have Jakob, and then the rest of the field was the most exciting, just, you know, essentially brawl of a race. Like you had so many good runners just kind of needing to go all out, um, be tactical to, to, to get on the podium. But now that Jakob, it's looking like he's coming back down to earth a little bit. It, we've, it's proven that like, he's not going to run away with every race on the world stage. This, the men's 1500 has become must watch television. And I am so pumped. And we have come, we have come so far since the beginning of this podcast, because I think you'll, you'll remember the beginning of this podcast. We, we kind of, we were ranting and raving about how boring the mile to 1500 meters was. It was just this tactical sit and kick thing. You need to, we've talked about a lot. You need to be tactical. You need to be perfect in terms of your strategy, but it is, it is all out from the gun and it is, it is awesome. And now that it is, now that you have Whiteman coming out out of nowhere and proving that this guy can be taken down. And when you step on that line, it's anybody's race. And I would have loved, I mean, Kerr finishing fifth um, is, is still very respectful. I would, would have loved to have seen him on the podium. He's still my guy. He's still the guy that I want to be, I'm going to be cheering for every single time he stops, steps on the track, no matter who else is out there. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I, this was a fun friggin' race to watch. And I told you, Mike, what did I tell you about Jerry? He said, he doesn't finish on the podium. He will not finish on the podium. I said, I said, whatever you're going to bet on chariot, just give it to me. Okay. What, 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 do you, what do you want me to say? I said, hand up. I was wrong. All right. You, just, you want me to say it again? That's not fun. I, I said I was wrong. He, got, he looked terrible. He got smoked. What am I going to say? He's, I, I he's said dead. he's on the decline. I said, I said, yeah. I said he's over. I said he's done and it was proven right. So yeah. looked terrible, Michael. Some graves a little bit, you know? He, he was in it at like twelve hundred to go. I was like, "Oh, Michael's like chariot." And then he had fine. Left. China, I'll, I'll bet you. Will, will chariot ever win a win a world or Olympic medal ever again? No, 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 no. <laughs> chariot. Yeah. Okay, when, when you guys like Whiteman coming out of nowhere that it can uh, compete with the Ingebrigtsens of the world now, uh, chariot doesn't have a shot. This was so shocking that I was like searching, you know, Twitter afterwards. Uh, is Ingebrigtsen hurt? Like what, what went on there? Did, did he have, you know, a hamstring pop on him or something like that when he was running? Uh, cause it was just, it was just hard to believe. And, and Jakob as, as, uh, you know, much as he's got his goofy tattoos and now he's got his, his, his fun earrings going on. He, he like runs like a complete pro out there all the time where he just looks so in control. He, he never, you know, needs to be out front early on he, he finds his race he settles in and then he just he knows he's the best and he just looked like he was running a Jakob race until you know 200 to go when Whiteman just you know lost his mind and threw past him so I'm not I'm not convinced this is the end of Jakob's reign right as like the the absolute oh, I mean, dominant uh I mean, I'm yeah. not even considering that no okay, I, I just I saying, guess I just saying we can he's human right he's not right. he's not a world beater he's human. I just, when we, when we look at, you know, major events going forward, I still think he's a pretty safe bet. If you want to parlay a, a winner with some other ones, if anything, this might be a nice wake up call. Like he said, he's a young kid. Sometimes it's helpful to learn how to lose. Uh, I'd like to see, uh, you know, how he responds from this. And if he, 
you know, is just now the best, but can be competed with, or if he can, you know, use this as a, a jumping pad to uh, really put his, his foot on the gas pedal. Steve, any thoughts on Cooper tier getting bounced in round one? I'm fine with it. Any thoughts on Ollie Hoare getting bounced in round one? Yeah, it's yeah, I, I envisioned that going better in my head. I thought you were going to go off and make fun of Ollie or make fun of Cooper. And then I was going to follow <laughs> up with Ollie right after, but that's not how that went. Um, okay. Let's move on to what next. I think that was everything for day five. Let's go to day six, which was yesterday. And oh boy. Yeah, this one. Uh, let's talk about the men's 800 meter race, I suppose. All of the Americans get bounced. This is a, a race that not that long ago we were talking about how it was just pure and utter USA dominance that we should sweep every time that, you know, nobody could touch the Americans. And you have Donovan Brazier who just something is not right with him. Um, and, you know, maybe he should have ran the, the finals at USA's, give him a little bit more practice. Um, he looks terrible. And then, you know, you have Bryce with the incident there where he kind of gets pushed around early in the race. He is going to jump over guys falling and gets kind of bounced out early in the race, never really recovers. And, uh, you know, we've gotten so close, like accustomed to Bryce just running perfectly and being a great racer and he's it just seemed like that the start of that race kind of rattled him and he he never was able to to fully recover so i mean you talk about an all-time disappointing event obviously devin allens was number one for me this race is is about as disappointing as they come the the u.s men's 800 meter team it's like the 2018 Red Sox, right? You have this team where it's one of the best teams in MLB history. They just run the table, win the win all the way to the World Series with ease. And you got a bunch of young players. You got Mookie Betts, you got Ben Attendee, you got Devers, you got Bogarts. I mean, the list goes on and on and of all this. And, and, and you know, you got a you get a solid starting rotation. It's like this is this is shaping up to be a baseball dynasty for like the next for the next six years. Like if this core stays together, nobody's gonna touch this team forever, right? And in 2008, 2019, it looked like man, the men's 800 meter team, like we're we're on pace to be dominant, like on the podium every Olympic Worlds for for the next you know, four to five years, like the teams. And it's just, it's been such a disappointment. And, you know, I feel, I feel for Bryce a little bit. I mean, he put an appeal on that race where he got, he kind of got thrown out into lane four and then he got tripped up and I think he should have put an appeal. And I think, you know, he had a case to make, but at the same time, it's like 800 Rubens racing, man. Like, you know, you got, you you got to be able to withstand those bowls. You got to be able to withstand a little bump in a grind out there. So I, Bryce is still my guy. Like we're still diehard Bryce fans. And I believe that he's going to be a contender for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I believe that that medal on the world stage is coming for him. And, 
Um, I believe I believe he's got shot at gold next year. But it's just yeah, it's just disappointing, man. I I I just I I want I want the US eight hundred meter team to be dominant on the men's side. On and you know, we were just talking the women's side, it's like, you know, when's when how what's it gonna take to get the women's fifteen hundred meter there? Like the women's eight hundred meter team is is like nails like that's the the world standard on the men's side it's like i I just want it to be there on the men's side and i don't know if it is yeah the talent should be there just just can't put it all together for whatever reason uh yeah bryce like you said steve he's our guy we we ride or die with bryce it was disappointing to see him not be able to bounce back and recover from that because he is so elite like if you're a fray guy and you you get pushed out like that then it's almost like impossible to recover but we look at Bryce as a guy who had a real shot to win and uh you just want to see him be able to bounce back from that um and you know it's it's tough to say if, if mentally or whatever it just kind of threw him off his game but um you know hopefully he'll learn from it and hopefully we'll see him like you said getting some medals moving forward but but it was a tough one to watch so we got the women's 200 on the tv right now which will be followed by the men's 200 besides those two events and i think we'll probably stick around to watch those anything else that i missed along the way there that you guys wanted to add in any event any specific instance anything Nothing. No. No, there, no, I'm good. Yeah, there was good. one. Now that we're watching the 200, it just made me think of it. Did you guys hear the like post review where Noah Lyles was explaining the um, I guess like the different blocks that they're running on. No. So I'm not gonna do justice explaining it, but. I, you know, he was talking about how these blocks and some of the, you know, these are like the official blocks now that are being used on like Diamond League and a lot of like the official meets. And now they're at a little bit more of a vertical angle and um, the back part of them are a little stiffer. And he was attributing these blocks to a lot of like the, like the high rate of false starts. Because um, basically he was saying that they leave no room for error and people who can kind of like get away with um, not cheating, but like, you know, whether it's jumping the gun or whatever can get away with it on other blocks. You just can't do it on, on these ones and the sensors or whatever. And he made some joke. He's like, you know, I watch some of these cocky kids in college who, uh, who, you know, think that they're, you know, tough, tough something. And I watch their races and it's like, oh, false start, false start, false start. You know, wait, wait till you uh you can try and get me on these blocks or something. I don't know. I I just thought it was an interesting conversation. Um, in my opinion, you know, I, I don't know enough about blocks and all this stuff to to get into it, but it was just like he's such a smart guy and the way he was breaking it down, he was like using his mask to like like show. <laughs> the angle of I, I don't know it was a very impressive way to think about it and like show it but it was like I don't know I, I give me the fastest blocks out there I, I want the cheap blocks put everybody on the, the cheap blocks <laughs> Jackson if, if just takes the takes the the 200 and the uh 
in, in the women's it takes the gold and women's 200 which is salt in my womb because i don't i don't know if uh remember me saying that i had the uh had her in the the hundred so that's just i didn't, I didn't better. so her yeah. her and shelly ann flip-flopped on you yeah yeah, yeah. in the hundred and shelly and got her and then vice versa here yeah, no, I, I, I need to go back and watch that because he's not the first person to say like the blocks are, are have been different for this race. Yeah. So I, I don't get like, you know, it's, it's the gun. I, I'm super ignorant when it comes to sprinting. Right. But the gun is random in terms of when it goes off. Right. And so I feel like if you jump, if you jump a gun, a random gun, that should be good, right? Like that should be a, like, that's like guessing right on a pitch in baseball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think it should all come down. It should all come down to like before and after the gun. And if you get a jump, congratulations, you jumped the gun and it wasn't before the gun. I, I don't know. Or you see, uh, you know, Miles Garrett jump uh jump, jump a snap, snap or something account. like that yeah and, exactly and if, they don't, and if he, they don't, they don't if he if he goes too early then they call a false start on him uh but you know if you can you know there's a certain level of skill to being able to jump a snap but there's also a certain amount of luck that goes into it and they take a risk by by trying to jump that snap and if it works out for them hey congrats you, you, you caught it good that is the perfect example that is the perfect yeah. example it happens almost on every other play in football it's you get you know you're trying to jump a snap and if you don't if you do it wrong you get penalized and if you do it right you get rewarded and guess what it's really hard to do it right you know but i'd say it's it's that much harder to do it you know in track trying to yeah it's way harder to do it in track it's it's nearly impossible to do it right because in football you're you're doing it off the cadence you're doing off of what you hear the quarterback yelling what the o-line's doing if it's nearly impossible is the one tenth of a second post gun really deterring sprinters from i don't know making trying to jump the gun right it seems like it's yeah should we just do easy to get rid of the one tenth of a second is that is that the the solution right there i think think so i think it's just stupid All right, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast. We got the men's 200 meter coming up. We're all heavy on Noah Lyles here. We've said many times he's one of our favorite athletes, one of the favorite people in the sport. So we are going to uh, to, to just kind of take a break and watch this. Cheer for our guy Noah. Hopefully he walks with gold and me, Mike, and Trent walk away with a little extra cash in our pocket. Um, what's the deal with uh, the... Steve, I'm sorry. You're, you're behind, but... They're showing Noah on the blocks right now. He's just, he's the best. Uh, He is soaking in his moment. Yeah, you guys take take over the call on this. Should I, when this race goes off, should I just say nothing? I want you, no, I want you to take over the call. All right, well, we already, we we weren't recording at the part where I called, how do you say his name, Trent? Bednark? Bednark? Uh, Bednarek, I think. Whatever. He's, he's an Adonis. Just an un- unbelievable, physically astonishing human being. 
<laughs> then you have Knight and this scrawny little twerp. He's <laughs> like guy. 17 years old still, <laughs> it looks like. Uh, everybody, when they get their intro, they're doing something nice, you know, hands up, looking at the crowd, uh, giving a little smile, something sometimes they're a little playful. Noah just just stands up, like eyes closed, arms wide open, like he's just the savior of track and field, and then just he like is. lets the lets the the crowd just noise rain over him. He's just soaking it all in. He's the absolute best. He's uh he's like Devin Allen, like two guys just know how to command the spotlight when they're out there. It just makes them so likable. In in very different ways, though. Yeah, very different ways for sure. Trent, where are you at right now? Are they showing Knight and starting to get into his blocks? You might be a half a second ahead of me because they uh, just showed all the intros. Uh, now they're zooming in on Knight and, and he is stepping forward to his blocks right now. Okay. So are I'm, these the fast uh, blocks or the slow blocks? What can you tell us, Mike, based on the uh, these, interview? These, are, these, are, these are the fast blocks. All right. right no, the sorry. The, the, the slow blocks. The slow There's blocks. the slow ones. Yeah. The, the false start. Uh, prominent blocks all right they're off i'm watching them right now Whoa, you're ahead of me Trent, i'm gonna i'm gonna give let us you the call i f- no, i feel like you're in the middle i feel like you need to give the call all right here we go so i'm i'm about to see this all right here we go and here's the gun all right noah's got a hot start i mean all three americans they're like right in the middle we got what lanes three six seven come on uh, noah come on no no on the outside no way no clearly in the it's just so easy it's so easy it's so easy it's not even close why it's not close see you later oh boy his celebration is not even like absurd he's just that that's this guy knows how to show up on game day noah Lyles is the man. It's almost like he won by so much he didn't even like have the initial celebration. He was shocked by how much he won by now. Now he's going a little crazy. You see him now. He's oh, he's trying. He is going nuts right now. Here it is. <laughs> this is what we need, Noah. He's <laughs> punching the track. He's just beating As you're saying that, track. he's ripping God. his shirt off and just beating the <laughs> shit out of the track. He's going he crazy. He grabs the metal. He's I think he was so shocked at what happened in the beginning, how much he just dominated, and then now the emotion's coming out. Oh, I love this guy. I love this guy so much. All right, Mike, why don't we kick off the Bell app? Mike, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Mike, what do you got for the people on the Bell app? Uh, thanks, Steve. <laughs> Uh, I've been talking a lot of baseball lately on the ballot, but I'm gonna keep doing it because I'm in I'm in all time baseball mode right now. Uh, home run derby, home run derby was awesome. Um, I can't stand Pete Alonso. I'm so happy he got beat. <laughs> he he's the worst. He like acts like the the home run derby is the greatest trophy in the entire world, and then when he's losing, he tries to play it off like he's like oh just out there and messed around he's the worst um so congrats to future red Sox outfielder juan soto <laughs> on your home derby championship Trent, what do you got for people on the bell app the red Sox are much too cheap to go after juan soto <laughs> yeah, no. 
Uh, shout out to my guy, Max, who I met at the uh, Super 8 outside of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport Monday morning. I saw her. We were waiting for the, the airport shuttle to take us back to the airport. Uh, we, I saw him with a, a track and field backpack on, started talking to him. He was headed out to Hayward Field for the World Championships. Uh, I was just getting off from Spain, right? I had like a 12-hour layover in Dallas, which is why I just grabbed a, a hotel room for the night. And so I really hadn't followed it too much. And here I am, uh, just woke up, getting myself to the shuttle. And Max is just recounting everything that happened at the World Championships. It was great. It was like having a, a, you know, a personal uh, assistant just fill me in so I could be prepared to talk to the boys about it. It was great. So Max will be having fun out there. He said he was camping out with the, with the boys. Sounds like a hell of a boys trip to go on. Uh, so if you're not doing run with the Bulls, then go and camp out uh, and go to the World Championships next year. Is he a member of the two crew now? Oh, he, oh, I, how did I not say this? Uh, so I, I told him, you know, the, the, our former podcast name, our current one. Uh, and he's like, oh, I've listened to some episodes about you guys before. So random no, track but- fan outside of Dallas. He specifically had listened to the Joe Klecker interview. He was showing because he was like, I think I've listened to it. So he had pulled up uh, and he had had a, a one recording that he had listened to. And so hopefully, he, you know, definitely a subscriber now hopefully we'll get a five-star review from him but yeah crazy to run to a guy outside of dallas who uh who had listened to an episode of the the peak to early pod very cool very cool well hey um boys uh not to uh to uh you know spark fear into you but when we record next week we will officially be double digit days away from the indianapolis marathon hell yeah <laughs> we're dipping below triple digits into double day double digits it is crunch time it is crunch time i went so. for my longest run in pamplona spain running from bulls it was about <laughs> two and a half minutes <laughs> but i did i did go for a couple 20 minute runs this week so i'm i'm starting the training has officially begun for your boy we still a year away a little less than here at this point. We got like no, 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 no. I think triple digits. You're still a year away. Yeah. What's the <laughs> difference in 100 and 300? All right, boys. Well, the athletic integrity unit is at my door, and I gotta go get a burrito. Mike, hit me with the joke.